Hey, yo, Internet, this portion of the Combat Jack Show is sponsored by Bevel, the premier shaving system designed for people with coarse curly hair and sensitive skin. Right now, we got a special, special, special promo code for you. Go to getbevel.com and use promo code FREEJACK, F-R-E-E-J-A-C-K, to get the first month of your Bevel subscription for free. Just go to getbevel.com and use promo code FREEJACK at the checkout. Don't tell us that we never gave you anything. Stop shaving like a pauper and a fool and an idiot and a jackass and a jerk face and shave like a boss. Getbevel.com. Hey, yo, Queens, get the money, Internet. What's up? You tuned into the Combat Jack Show, combatjackshow.com. Listen, Internet. I got some flourishments for y'all, man. I, I love the way y'all are supporting us. Shit is flying off the shelves with the, with the Combat Jack Show merchandise. Ladies, we got the pink and the yellow, all sizes. Men, we got the T-shirts. We got the snapbacks, the camos and the bat and the black. Yo, go to our Shopify page. On You know, was it Combat Jack Show? Uh, combatjackshow.shopify.com. Yo, go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Listen, internets. Also, I teased you last week. Yo, the, the tour is looking lovely. We're coming to a city near you. Uh, hold up, man. I, I'm a little dry, man. Go get let, that let, monster. Let me, let me crack open this monster, man. I'm feeling a little peaky. <laughs> I need some energy. Shout out to my people over at, at Monster. Hold, hold on for a second, internet. <laughs> ah. My favorite is the diet one. This is the Zero Ultra. And once again, man, shout out to my peoples at Monster, man, for, for fulfilling me with these cans of, of power and nutrients and supplements and health and life and all of that, man. Peace and blessings. King. Yo. Look, yo, what's up with Queens, man? Queens is always in the building now, man. Yo, I just want to say one more thing. Can yeah. we just shout out some of the cities? That's been supporting. You the know merch. what? Oh yeah, yeah. Please, Oregon, yes, yes. Oregon, Oregon is, is Philly. Philly is is the, wearing the, the Combat Jack show. The UK, the Virginia. UK. Yo, the UK is supporting the Combat Jack show. Atlanta, Virginia. Yo, actually, uh, old girl that bought from uh, Oregon said, "Hey, why don't you guys do a sh- live show in Oregon?" I said, "Listen, make try to you know, listen, let's make, make it happen. happen. I'll come to Oregon. I'll you come to I mean? Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. Listen, Internet, man. Shout out to the city, Internet. This shit is global, man. There's no limitations. There's no borders. You know what I'm saying? Me and and A King, we got the most death passport. We got the universal passport. So fuck with us. We'll come Word. see you, yo, London. I'm gonna see you in July. Ooh, Definitely ooh. coming to London. Listen, let's jump into ooh, this, ooh. man. Let's jump into this. We're talking about the world. We're talking about global and this and that. But right now, man, let's focus back to Queens, man. You know what I'm saying? Queens. Cuba. You know, said so from Queens come Kings, man. And, and and this man right here, the last time he was on the show, this shit was fire. Got everybody in trouble, man. Had niggas' <laughs> names up in the New York Post and, CNN. and Don Lemon trying to fucking joke us out on CNN, that fucking cornball. No. We got fires for him, yeah. too, you motherfucking coon. Yo, be easy, be easy. No, no, be I mean, be easy. Be, you be easy. You got to be easy. Listen, shout out to Willie D for that song, Coon. Yo. You know, I was thinking about that 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 time this man was on CNN, and, and, and I just didn't like that. So, yeah, shout out to Willie D. Listen. 
Listen, listen, listen. Y'all remember that time we had that ex-cop that was down with the Supreme team and, and was out here thugging it out and selling drugs. And then he realized he had to flip it and go into the military and then came back and jumped as a cop and climbed the... Listen, internet, man. Let's welcome to the Combat Jack Show. Once again, Mr. Corey Bikis. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up, <laughs> internet? We Yo, back. Corey, man, congratulations, man. You just published and released a book yes. called Once a Cop. Yes, yes, yes. You're a fucking author now. Yo, it's crazy. Yo, internet. I had the top five show in 2013 crazy. on a, on a Combat Jack. Yes, sir, number man. Number five, yes, baby. Sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, Corey? Yeah, I'm great, man. Your life has changed completely since the last time you were here, man. Yeah, it, it changed a little bit. I still been the same old me, but, you know, they put me on the front of this periodical in New York, gave me some worldwide attention. The New York Toast? Yeah, worldwide attention. Getting yo, it was crazy, man. Yo, combat, you was all over. Yo, we was <laughs> we was in London, we was in Germany. Yo, I was on the internet. It was crazy. We was all over the. You world. wasn't you wasn't expecting that, right? Nah, I said, you thought yo, this was some little we, show that I had to go to talk down on the minorities. <laughs> and I got to talk to you about that shit. I didn't like that shit. I understand you was in the hot seat and you had to yeah. and dodge and bounce. But we're yeah. talking about that. Listen, man. Listen, yeah. listen. Um. The timing was everything, man, because the last time you came on the show, it was right after the Eric Garner thing happened. And right. you were very brutally honest about how they murdered him. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And that was right before. If you really think about it, I think it was a week or two before the whole Black Lives Matter thing yeah. exploded, man. So mm -hmm. the timing was everything, man. So I definitely got to thank you about that, man. You criticized the NYPD and police departments across the nation for not being accountable for bad members of the police force. Right. And they didn't like that. Yeah. Why, why, why can't we speak so free? In a country that, that talks about free speech and we're talking about public servants and the whole nine, why is it that we can't talk freely about the police department? Well, you have to understand, like, it's a very machismo job. So policing is all about, like, listen, I'm in charge. I tell you to do something, you do it. So they have, they have like, these real chips on their shoulders. And so they're not trying to, you know, there's a culture, you know, there's a culture, then there's a subculture. You know, the subculture is that blue wall. Like, I've never been part of that blue wall. I don't even know that the blue wall exists. Right. So like, so, so all those years on the force, you really had no no nah. understanding of what the blue wall was? Well, I know the blue wall is this, and I'm my brother's keeper. Right. Whatever I say, you go with it. You whatever I do, that's what it. That's how it goes down. Blood in, blood out. Blood in, blood out. Right. But I never. I was always about what's right. You know, because when I was young and I was in those streets. <laughs> that blue wall. Them dudes was running up. They was throwing us against the wall, taking money from us. Remember, you know, I was with the Supreme Team, man. Yeah. So we was paying. They was getting paid. You know, the police was corrupt. Yo, before the the New York Post launched their smear campaign against you, which is basically a, a witch hunt, putting you on the cover calling you thug cop did you sense they were coming after you did you sense did you know before that cover dropped that they were coming for you no yo let me tell you it's crazy it's the first time i'm telling this story internet straight up first time you getting it right here on the combat jack show as, as it should i'm at the barber shop in long island in hempstead long island shout out to my man b cut my hair and I get a call from my crib saying, yo, the New York Post is here. They want to interview you. So I'm like, all right, send them over to the barbershop. I'm at the barbershop on such and such. Come over. Because I was always doing interviews. Right. That wasn't nothing new, eh? You know, it's regular. Yeah. I'm always doing CNN, whatever, Arise TV, whatever. So they come 
and they start asking me questions about the Combat Jack show. Mm. Yo, this is fresh. Nobody had never even told this story. So I'm like, pump my brakes. Nah, I I can't talk to you. So it was a young female black reporter. And so I took her outside because she had a cameraman taking pictures. (laughs) I said, listen, let, let let me talk to you for a minute, please, miss. I said, what's this all about? Say, yo, you talking about Eddie Burns? Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, I see where they're going. And Eddie this. Burns was the cop that was murdered. Um, One of the most infamous murders. What year was that? 1988? 1987. 87. 88. February and, 88. And he was murdered by an associate of the Supreme Team. And that's, right. and that's what launched, I guess, the whole change, the whole evolution of the police going from being a, a, a reactive force to now being super military across the, across the, across the country. Exactly. And so I I grabbed her like what's what's this all about? She said, Well, you we doing the story and you we we dropping this story Monday morning on you. You're on the front page. I'm like, What on the front page? Really? And then that's just you know it just it just went left from there. Right, but did you think it was gonna be a good story or you knew it was gonna be like a smear campaign? Well, I knew it was gonna be a smear, but I didn't know it was going to evolve right. into and that even to this day like. I'm not even mad at them right. because, I mean, I was a hustler. I'm a street. Whatever it is, it is. The only thing that I had an issue with, like, my family had to deal with right. that. Yo, what know, did I you... felt like I was Michael Jackson. I had to take the kids out in blankets. Like, they was like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yo, Reporters combat. Parked, they were parked outside of your house, right? In front of my house in the bushes. That's I had to crazy. go off the backyard, jump two yards to my neighbor's yards just to, to get low. I couldn't even go to I go to the store. I drop, So that Monday... The paper drops at six in the morning. Your I'm face dropping is right my, on the cover. Yeah, I'm dropping my son off at eight. I don't even know. Right. I go to the to the gas station <laughs> and I got reporters <laughs> on me. <laughs> Yo, cop. it was it was real. It right. was real. Right, right. Yo, um, your your wife is on the force. No, no, she's, exactly. I'm glad you brought that right. up because I, I thought she was on the force. I'm glad you brought but, that because now we know combat. Read the newspaper. But but what did she say to you? Did she say nigga? What the fuck? Listen. You know, it was a very trying time for like for my entire family, everybody, because like she was more like, look, like it's about us, not you. Like hmm. how you jump, you you jumped off the rooftop, right, 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 right. And I was like, you know, you know me all these years. I ain't never jumped off the roof without a parachute. We good, you know. Her concern was the kids, obviously, pension, obviously. Like, yo, how yeah. are we gonna eat? We gonna eat? I'm like, yo. You eating, you good. Because I don't, I don't jump off a building right. all these years. I ain't hustling the streets and all that. And now I'm going to go to the, uh, corporate America and not know how to hustle. Right. I know that we don't hustle backwards. So, okay, so she, so you convinced her. Like, I did she believe you or was she was like, all right, nigga? No, she was not. Listen, I mean, but for her, it was a real, it's, for me, it was like, this is what it is. I've been dealing with this. These dudes is always coming at me. Corey, honest, be honest. You're on the Combat Jack show. The following day, several officers came to your house to take, right. your, to take your guns. Yeah, right? that was crazy. They, the, the, the term for it was like the breach of good conduct, which was a clause on your permit for your guns. Yeah. When they came, like when the fucking fellow officers came and stripped you of your guns, man, like that didn't shake you? Honestly. Yo, I'm just, you know, I always keep it 100. Matter of fact, we do another zero in there. I keep it 1,000. So what the internets need to know is, so when I was a young kid, we all know we talked about this before, I carried pistols. Right. You know, you look in the book, there's a picture of me in the book with my first pistol that I brought. What the internets don't know 
21 years as a cop. After about four or five years, I never even carried a gun. Mm. So when they came to the crib and the two a illegally take my guns. You know, we can't really go too much because I'm suing them for $200 million. Yes, we'll get into but that. But when they illegally took my guns, I wasn't, like, the detective that came, and they came 15 deep. 15 deep. At least 15. All, all white? It was a mixture. Okay. Actually, it was, it, it was funny what they did. They brought a black lieutenant. <laughs> it was a black lieutenant. And I was the president of a black police organization. He was part of my organization. Wow. And I was so like, you knew him. I knew him. And I said, "You come in. You come in here to my house, gangster." I said, "You." So I said, "You know." So now I had to go back to my street mode. I said, "Oh, you the lieutenant? You big bad in charge? Like you don't know me? You acting like this? You used to you was a part of my organization." I said, "Matter of fact, get off my steps." Mm. I told him, "Get off my steps." So you was hot. Nah, nah, I was just doing my gangster right, right. thing at that point. He was posturing. Like, posturing. Like, right. get off. Because I know the rules. Like, right. you can't come in my house. You ain't got no search warrant. You can't come in my house. Like, it's nice for me to open my door. <laughs> but since you came to the door and you the boss, I don't even want to talk to you. I want to talk to the detective. So I grabbed the detective. He was an old, like, Italian detective, old school dude. I was like, yo, what's up, man? He's like, yo. NYPD told us to take your gun. You know, he 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 knew what it was. Yeah. He kept it, he back down and kept and, it real. But I wasn't even mad at him because right. I knew what it was. I said, all right, just come in the house, whatever. I said, but I'm just tell you, I'm gonna be serious with you. I don't even know where my guns is. <laughs> so I had to, <laughs> I had to go up in the attic and search through a couple of boxes, but we was able to find them and give it to him. I, it didn't even affect me. You weren't demoralized at all, man. Nah. Again, for me, this whole mm. thing was really about my family. Right. Like they had to deal with this. My kids just like crying because, yo, I mean, the army came to my, I, come on, I'm I'm inspector of police. I'm a big deal right. in the police department. They brought, my neighbors is outside like, oh, this, oh what's going I, I on? I thought he was a cop. Right. They <laughs> on the, yo, they came deep. I mean, but you, when I went to the door, I was like gangster, like. Everybody get off my grass. I'm not giving, hey, nobody even coming in my, I want, I'm not giving them no guns to everybody get off my property. I went. And, and, I went they, and they back down. Oh, they had to back down. They back down. I said, "Look, y'all got to go get a search warrant." I know that's eight hours. Mm. Did Did you wait for the search warrant, or you just gave? Nah, them, you... I gave. When they backed off, I said, "Yo, I want everybody off my grass right now, <laughs> everybody." So like two people peeled off, and there's still ten more. I said, "Look, Lou, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> get him off. I want him off. Everybody off. And you leaning on my car, get him off my car. <laughs> everybody off." Mm. I got rid of all of them, and then I brought the detective in. Because I'm not into the drama. Like, yo, whatever. We know. Right. They're, like, they're going to pay me lovely. Right, right. We, we know what it is. But then they took it a step higher, and certain members of the force, they doubled down and, and, and tried to take your pension, man. Your, your pension of 135000 a year that you earn, you rightfully earned. Yeah, that's a little. That's, we, we short on it. That's short, man. We, how short? How much you say? I read it's 135 with 150, yeah, yeah. a little 150. Yeah, yeah. Is it 150? It's, they it's tried little, to take your 150 annual uh, pocket money. Yeah, that's 135 is short, but we let them go with that. That's right. the only <laughs> thing I let them live with. So we let me keep so, that. But so, whatever it is, they came. You know for, they came for your livelihood, dude. But but listen. So the good thing is, people believe what they read. Right. For me, I knew. In the history, and it's only the first time I'm saying this on a combat. As you in should. In the history in the NYPD, they ain't never took nobody pension. Right. So you going to take mine? So let's talk about the mafia cops. Hmm. The mafia cops, the, the two dudes 
Epolito and his partner got locked up for eight murders, like while they was working, they getting pension checks. They doing double life. They getting pension checks. Still. Still. Crazy. I have, I have Wait, how is that? How's that possible? Because once you do your 20, you get your pension. It's locked in. The pension law. One thing about pensions around America, pension laws is very tight. You do your time, you get your pension. So, like, right now, I could kill everybody right here in the engine room. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Hey, 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 now, we'll kill you first. <laughs> we'll kill you first, my dude. But, 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 so, but, but. You can't. The pension laws are so tight. What? When you retire, you get yeah. your pension check. They can't take it. Was it the fact that you had the audacity to criticize the police department? Or was it the fact that you're a black man criticizing the police department? Well, listen, it, I mean, to me, it's a little bit of both. Right. It, is, it is what it is. Listen, I criticize the police department. They're the big one thing I know because I was in the system. Police department is like this. We'll do whatever we can to you. You sue us to get it back. Mm. That's the thing. And that's the game. That's the game. They that's took the, game. the guns because, see, they're not personally involved. Right. When they're not personally involved, it's not affecting them. It's like, yo, we got all these lawyers on deck. You fight my lawyers. You understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I had every civil rights. I had mass civil liberties union lawyers calling me like, yo, we 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 want this case. We, so, so, you, so, you so, good. So other members of the force had your back? Nah. No? Nobody had one. your back? Especially the black. Oh, nah. None of them. They ran. I mean, I even had black. I had a black chief call me and go, Corey, what are you doing? Like, why you call? Why are you going to say all of this stuff? You got in the, you got a pension. Why don't you just be happy? Because most black people in these positions, they just happy to like, you know, be part of the, the American system. dream is the American dream. They oh, don't have shit. no knowledge of self and they happy that they eating. And for me, it was like, yo, listen, man, I could have went into politics. I could have started a security firm. But for me, the life that I lived and to be where I am, my story is bigger than me doing getting the money so if i'm happy just going around telling my story helping some kids change their lives it ain't about the money for me if we can make money in the interim that's good but if i could get get a kid off the street say yo i did all of this i pulled myself up by the bootstraps you could do it too that's a success that's a million dollars for me yo did you get your guns back no but they're gonna pay me for the <laughs> you know let me tell you something i'm the first time i'm seeing the yes. internet yes. when i win this lawsuit I'm going to buy like about five or six AK-47s. We're going to come back on a combat Yo, can you get me a watch, my nigga? Can we we yeah. talked about this from day yeah, one. Yeah, can yeah. you get me a watch, my nigga? I'm going to get you Just a please watch. get me my watch. <laughs> nah, they know they got to pay. Shout out to my lawyer, my civil attorney, Eric Sanders, Esquire. He just won a $15 million. I like million Eric Sanders, dollar. Man, I He just won him. a $15 million lawsuit. You need to bring him on a combat jack show. I will. That's I, the I like biggest, his presence on Twitter, man. It's the biggest lawsuit ever won against a job, $15 million in the police department. He won $15.9 million lawsuit against the NYPD. That's crazy. So listen, you were already making your rounds. You were already out here. You were, like you said, you were doing rounds on CNN and a rise in the whole nine. But Mm -hmm. the, when that, when the new, when that smear campaign exploded, you were on fire. Mm -hmm. And, and I was watching the Don Lemon interview. Right. Um, how was that to you, man? Because, 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 were you, were you at least were you a little shook at that point, or were you, were you let me fight back? Well, because you, just... you, you sounded a little, just a little like when a nigga hit you in the chin and you a little dazed. <laughs> Be honest, man. Be honest, man. You know, I, I, honesty is a policy. But yes. I'm a, listen, I gotta shout out my lawyer, Ed Woods. Ed Woods, what up, my nigga? Ed Woods, Ed Woods. Dude, <laughs> let me Queens. tell you, he um. 
Yo, he put me right in a headlock and kept me tight at the hip. And he navigated that whole thing. He orchestrated that entire thing. Him and, and my man, Mike Bellinger. Shout out to Mike Bellinger, lawyer, one of the biggest firms in New York. They was able to get me on that show. Now, I didn't know which way Don Lemon was going to go with right. the show. Yeah. I mean, I was under fire. Yes. I was in the newspaper four days straight. I mean, I'm on the front page with Derek Jeter in his last yep. game. That's crazy. <laughs> so I didn't know what to expect. But I don't even know if I should say it, but it's Combat Jackson. We don't hold nothing back. Uh. When I got in the green room and when I walked on set, Don Lemon was like, yo, you had a rough week, right? <laughs> don't worry. You are like we ain't we ain't here to hurt you. Right. We just gonna get your story out. Right. So that calmed me down a lot. You know what I'm saying. So then I was able to just do the interview Yo. without taking shots because you know I didn't know if he coming out <laughs> with an Uzi. Don Lemon always sometimes he go left yeah, he on be people. Up, man. He be acting up, man. But <laughs> you know, let me tell you something. It was an honor to hear my voice and see the Yo, Combat Jack show right. on CNN. So I thank yeah. you for that. We were yeah. But I was so offended because Don <laughs> Lemon's corny ass was like, why are they laughing? You pulled out a gun, nigga. You don't understand the con- con- contextual. You don't understand the context of black culture. That shit was funny. You pulled out a gun. You was about to blast on somebody. The shit jammed. That shit's not funny in our culture. So I was offended at him. And you were like, well, you know, when I'm talking to minorities, I got a down. I was nah. like, my nigga, Corey, are you trying to sell me out? Nah, nah. Listen. Are you talking down to us minorities right nah, now, Corey? You know, listen, huh? yo, combat, let me tell you. Yo. <laughs> Yo, you caught, sold us down the river on that me, statement. Let me tell you, when I walked out off the set, as soon as I walked off, Ed was in the room like, yo, dumb down, what's going on? <laughs> yo, but you got to understand, yo, you don't, like, I had so much pressure on me. Yeah. It was just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Stuff was coming out of my mouth. I didn't even know what I was saying at that point. You just point. had to get them off your, and I understand, was, I understand. Yo, I, I just, yo. If you saw that Burberry tie, you you Google and you see how tight that tie was on my neck. It was yo, it was hot in that room right there, man. It was all the days, but I yo, I thank you, Combat Jack Show, giving me that platform. I thank Don Lemon for like being easy because he could have he could have jumped on the bag wagon right, right. with everybody That's else. True. He allowed me to, you know, apologize to the Burn Eddie Burn family right. if I offended them. Right? Or you know, were they offended? But they. I don't know if they was offended, but loudmouth Pat Lynch, PBA president, put a battery oh, in their back, you know, that made them feel offended when all we said, I knew a cop killer. That wasn't nothing unusual growing up where I grew up at. It just, I knew somebody that killed a cop. But the good thing is two years later, once a cop, the book is coming out. Book is co- I explained Well, by the time the, the show book. was out. The book is out. Congratulations, Corey. Exactly. Congratulations on, <laughs> yes, on your yes, publishing of your first book. Let me tell you something, man. I'm kind of glad that you're saying that you was calm as a fan and you was cool as a pickle. But, like, personally, in all the years that I've done the Combat Jack show, I give the platform to people to push themselves. Right. And and I told you this specifically, man, when when the shit came out in the post and they, and they, they would not stop. And when they tried to take your pension and they took your guns and they came to your house and fucking insulted your family and disrespected your family, dude, I was depressed because I was like, yo, like I was like, I I, I never want anybody to come on the show and go through that bullshit. Yeah, I remember I was having was Like that week I was shook because I was like, yo, man, like I saw for the first time how insidious Mm -hmm. 
mainstream media as I saw for the. I mean, I always knew, but like just personal to right. these fucking cops and mm-hmm. Pat Lynch. That shit hurt, man. Yeah, yeah. I know. I remember me and you having conversations. You calling me like, yo, I'm sorry. I'm like, yo, it is what it is. But listen, for me, it was like, look, me and Ed was pushing a book deal. We tried what up, to get Ed a Woods? book deal. We got to mention Ed Woods. You know how Ed Woods is. Woods. So you got Ed Woods, yeah. Ed Woods. Yeah, that's Ed Woods, Ed Woods. Ed Woods, Ed Woods. That's my red. Ed Woods, Ed Woods, Ed Woods. That's my man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Shout out, Ed Woods. What up, shout Ed Woods? Out, shout out to Sean <laughs> Dew in the back there. <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, listen. It is what it is. Listen, for me, everything in life, like, I don't regret anything I ever did in As life. As you never should. It is what it is. Yes. I jumped off the roof. We, I came here, and I took, we came on Combat Jack because I know your platform right. with the intention of getting a book deal. Right. That we was, that was know, the plan. That was the plan. So wait, and it actually worked. Hey, wait, hold, let him talk. Let him talk. Hey, that was the plan, and it actually worked. We just didn't know the book that was going to come from the left side. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like with the New York Post and all that. But I knew if I come on Combat Jack, the platform, somebody going to listen and say, yo. Oh, you didn't know you was going to get a book deal. Combat. You didn't know, man. You I'm know. telling you. Know, you didn't know. Combat. Listen to me. <laughs> I knew when we come in. I didn't know that it was going to go down. So right. with the backside for the internet, so y'all need to know, we do Combat two weeks later. That's when Pat Lynch did his little scheme to feed the New York Post. <laughs> what, the what exactly did he do? What exactly? He fed the New York Post. So, the story. so he drove the story. Oh, it was definitely the PBA. He, yeah. We know that. Right. So You do you know Pat Lynch personally? I'll, do I know Pat Pat Lynch is like my son, man. Yeah. Is he a dickhead or what, man? Yeah, but it is listen. He's Does he a really cop. believe that shit? He drunk the juice. Yeah, they all do. That's right. what they do. But you listen, I keep people in their lane. Pat Lynch, that's what he is. He's a union president. He don't see. Listen, I don't know how many unarmed cop, um, black men got to get killed before one of the PBA presidents say it was wrong. Hmm. We see a guy get choked on national television. They say it's not a choke move. So I don't know. You know, that's what he is. You know, these cops keep voting him and it is what it is. Right. So that's his lane. But for him to, like, try to vilify my name and say that I withheld informa- vital information on the murder of a New York City police officer. Because they tried to the connect news, you to right. the Ed Burns murder. Exactly. And I'm a, I'm at Fort Sam Houston, the United States Army, having a ball because I left the streets and I was good. <laughs> you were good. I was good. So Getting like, three meals in a cot. Can you imagine, Internet, if my name was on one pad? Involved with the Eddie Byrne murder. Do you think I would have been a New York City police officer? Hell no. There's no way. So now, fast forward 27 years later, I say that I know they got to kill Eddie Byrne. Now I withheld vital information. Like, come on, who you fooling? Right. Hmm. Yo, oh. oh, by the way, internet. Those those on pension checks come once a month. Lovely. They still coming through. They coming. Beautiful, lovely. beautiful, beautiful. Um. So talk about how the book deal came about, man. Because you you were yeah. actively out here. You and Ed, Ed Woods. Yes. Shout out Ed Woods. Yeah. You and Ed Woods was out here shopping a book deal. How how was that process before coming on the show? So we was just we was just out there like just trying to get a book deal. So we met my book agent now my book agent Peter McGuinn. Shout out to Foundry Media what Literary. Up, Peter? Yeah. yeah. So we met him in in Fort Green one night, and you know he was interested in the story. And I I what the internet don't know is I wrote my own I wrote my own book. Right. So you had you had a, you had a, you had a manuscript. I had a, I had a manuscript like right. three hundred pages. I wrote my own book already. Already, right. before all of this combat, before the New York Post and everything. And so Ed was like, shoot him the manuscript. 
I shot him a manuscript. He was like, ah, oh, you know, we I really like it. I'm going man. away. I'm going away. Let me read it. The New York Post pops when he when he goes away. When you're on he came back that day. <laughs> yeah. So it comes out six o'clock. I swear to you, Ed is like, yo, I got a meeting with this dude, Peter, at two o'clock. Ed calls me at like two fifteen and says, Listen, you signed to a book agent. Don't we're not talking to nobody else. Right. We signed with a book agent right then on that Monday. Five days later, he set me up with ten interviews, Random House, Double Day, Harper Collins. <laughs> Simon issues the top ten publishers in the world. They was bidding on my story, right. and you know when you were in that bidding a, position, man. If we did a proposal, you know, combat was in the proposal. Right. You already know the oh, yeah, proposal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Everything was in the proposal, and it just took a life of its own. Yeah. And you know, Atria Books, Todd Hunter, thanks to the editor Todd Hunter, put the bid in, got the advance on the book. We sealed the deal, and the rest is history. Was was the advance wow. car money? Was it? Yeah, house money like so I'm not good. trying to look in your pockets but how it's, nice was that event? it was nice Ed Woods did his thing yeah. it was nice it was nice Ed, yeah. Woods, Ed Woods got a car off of that Ed Woods, <laughs> got, a, Ed Woods got a new watch off of that <laughs> Ed Woods yeah I still gotta pay that recoup when this book so internet buy that book you buy know that. I can't get no money till they recoup Once a they cop. gotta recoup once a cop Atrium <laughs> Atri- listen let's talk about this uh, lawsuit you filed a 200 200- Million dollar lawsuit against the New York Post, the NYPD, and Nassau County. And yeah. the grounds are defamation of character, uh, civil rights violations, free speech against free speech. Right. Of course, it's all there. So basically, we just pretty much tied all of them in because it's, it's easy to tie them in because right. um, they're all complicit. It's all complicit. I didn't do anything. All right. I did is come on Combat Jack. That's all you did. And do an interview, right. and I had 15 cops at the door taking my gun. Yo, are these niggas watching me? Nah, you okay. good money. I'm good, I'm good they money. Don't okay. want, they don't want you. They want they me. They want you, right. But they can't get me. I'm so Listen, I was so clean as a cop, and like today. And I want to get into that. I definitely I'm, wanna... I'm so clean right now. They can't. I'm the, it's dudes in the streets. They need to follow. Follow mm-hmm. me. They ain't going to get nothing. Um, so how's that lawsuit coming along? Then? The lawsuit is good. Right now, we, we basically filed a lawsuit. They answered it, and now we're waiting for the judge to say it goes forward or not. Right. Yeah, um, we good with that. You think they're going to settle, or you think you're going to see court? Nah, they ain't. They gonna settle, man. They don't want to go to court. You can imagine them standing in front of a jury, and the jury be like, "You took his guns based on what? Well, he was on a combat check. That, that, that don't work. That don't work in the court of law. Like, why did you take his? Yo, firearms? if y'all go to court, man, don't. I don't call we me. We calling you. No, you gonna be the star no, I don't want to be. Nah, I don't want to be in no fucking court with all them fucking cops. No, nah, we subpoena in the tapes. That's it. Yeah, let's get the tapes. The tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into your book, man, because I was I skimmed through it. I was yeah. reading out that. In it, you talk about how... Yo, just shout out to Combat Jack. When you when you buy Once a Cop, you see on the back cover, you see he got the, the comment on the back cover. Yeah, thanks, 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 thanks for those nice yes, words, sir, Combat. Yes, when you were a high-ranking official in the police department, you yourself had a zero-tolerance policy for police officers that worked on you for some fuck shit. Why? Because, listen, I just wanted to treat... Like, you should just treat everybody to... Like, like this, one of your kids or your parents. Like, treat everybody right. It's no reason. Like, cops get so overzealous and take stuff personal. You know, when I was a commander, you you know, I used to tell cops, before you get to work, check your attitude at the door. Just imagine this, a quick example. You Just think about this. You 19, 20 years old, most police departments. You live in your mother's basement. You never even had a job. Mm. You go for training for six months, some nine months. They give you a gun, and they say, go conquer the world. 
Mm. Your first job was a domestic violence incident. You never even had a girlfriend. Hmm. You ain't never been married. You got to deal with that. Your second job is an emotionally disturbed person. Now, we got all these emotionally disturbed people, like in Creedmoor, the G building. These people, they disarm people with no weapons. But cops, they go right to 100. Boom, pull their weapons out. Because you can't, like cops are so many different people. They're doctors, they're lawyers, they're all of this. They're like 20 years old. They don't even have no, they got 64 college credits. When I came with it was just a high school diploma. So you got to be able to verbally disarm people. If you don't know how to talk to people, you don't have the gift of the gab, you're not going to be successful. That's how you get all these rogue police officers. When you had this zero tolerance policy for 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 abuse, um, were there other like minded commanders like you that had zero tolerance policy? Nah, you know I'm keeping them one hundred on combat jack. Nah, I was yo, I was just different than everybody. Right. Else. But for me, like remember, I was the dude that was getting thrown up against the wall by the police. I was the dude. So that you was had some understanding. You had some compassion yeah. for these cats that these yeah. cops were abusing. I even have compassion for criminals because so you know, like criminals. I remember like like when I was commanding six seven precincts, we had twelve police involved shootings. We killed six people, mm-hmm. but I didn't have one protest. Right. I ain't had one protest because the relationship that I had with the people, and it's all in the book. And once a cop, I talk about how I built relationships. Like people would die, criminals have rights too. I had a, what we call the God Squad. I had a, a relationship with all these pastors. I was like, yo, these young boys is dying. They don't. They can't even pay for funerals. They don't have no pastor. So when somebody would get shot and killed, I would call my community affairs police officers. The next call was to the pastors. I need one of y'all to get over there to that family and console them. Right. Even if we shot them and killed them. Right, right. They need they need the help. Nobody's doing that. A cop shooting kill somebody, they ain't even trying to be around that family. But for me, it was like, nah, they got rights too. That's crazy, man. You know, uh, uh, one thing that I really like about your book, man, you place a lot of what's going on right now with police abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, over um over policing, you place all of that blame on on former mayor Ray, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Mm-hmm. Why? He had listen. This dude was this dude was on a mission. He had a no tolerance policy. Well, you can't police like that. And even back then, so let's say when I became a cop in the nineties, early nineties, we wasn't really doing anything. So the hey, I grab you. You have a gun on you. It's like oh, if you grab somebody, you have a gun. Wow, we never did this before. Or I catch you urinating. You got an open warrant for a shooting. Like we wasn't doing that stuff. So after doing that for a few years. And we was bringing crime down, down, down. No politician wants to stop. Every politician wants to. And like Giuliani has the biggest head of them all. Right. Like he wants to be America's mayor. America's like he he did everything in America to bring crime down. No, he severed so many relationships by the way he had people police. I mean, come on. He fired police commissioner Bratton. Bratton and Ray Kelly, we all know around America, the top two commissioners in America right. is Bratton and Kelly. He fired Bratton because Bratton was taking credit for bringing crime. Giuliani don't know nothing about gathering information, analyzing and deploying personnel and police. And he was a district attorney. But you specifically say that Giuliani was jealous Bill Bratton. He definitely was just like, listen, when Bratton hit the cover of the New York Times two weeks later, he was gone. He made him resign. That's crazy, man. He didn't want to share the wealth. Like, you can't have, you be the mayor, you have a, um, a housing director, office of emergency management, police commissioner, sanitation. Like, you got to let everybody do their job. But policing is the crown jewel right. of any mayor. Because you bring crime down, that's what you want to do. They look good. 
And Bratton came in with these innovative ideas that has never what, the been. What, the CompuStat? Was, did he yeah, come, he CompStat. In, CompStat. It right. was never something's ever seen before. Explain CompStat to the, to the internet, man. CompStat was based, it's called computer statistics, where they basically, like, putting everything, everything is analogued in the computer. So it's easy. You know, we can find out. You know, so there's 10 robberies over here. And we, we log them, and now we start looking at patterns. The patterns, like, oh, it's a male black, five foot eight, between the age of 23, 15. That's what we, 23 and 30. That's what we need to be looking at. Right. It's easy. We wasn't doing that before. Right. We wasn't doing none you, of that you stuff. You guys were in before. the dark, basically. We was basically, we was definitely in the dark. It wasn't even basically. We wasn't doing anything. Somebody gets shot, we roll up, put the yellow tape, gone. Today, if somebody gets shot, we're trying to figure out who's the next shooting. Who's his girlfriend? Who did he hang out with? Was he ever in jail? Was he in parole? We doing I was we wasn't doing that when I was a cop. Bratton brought all of that to the NYPD and Julian. And it was it paid dividends. He came on the job and said, in three years, I'm gonna have a forty-three percent decrease in crime. And he delivered. He delivered. He delivered. Mm-hmm. So when Giuliani forced out Bratton, you replaced him with Howard Safer. How do you pronounce his name? Safer. Safer. Puppet. Well, his first name is Puppet. Puppet Safer. <laughs> yeah. Puppet Howard Safer. Oh, yeah. Safer. He was a fireman. He wanted to be a police commissioner. And you say that the minute Safer came in, you saw immediate change yeah. in, the, in the morale of the police department. How yeah. so? I mean, come on. We went from, from Bill Bratton, which, you know, he's, he, he's a real cop. Right. And he brought Safer in. He had a little police um, experience. He was a marshal, federal marshal, many years ago. But he wasn't in police. And, you know. So he brought him over. He was a fire commissioner. And it just demoralized the police department. And then, like, Amadou Diallo, I in the book, when I talk about it, I pretty much blame it on Safer. Right. How we had that elite street crime unit where it was undercover cops running around, you know, stopping crime, jumping out on people or whatever, doing what they do. He tripled the size of the unit. And that's how Diallo happened. Um, you talk about how... Giuliani was so obsessed with getting the same numbers that Bratton had mm-hmm. that he just opened up the floodgates. He's right. like, his, his, his mentality was, it's not how well you do. We just need more cops. Exactly. So he opened up the floodgates, recruited more cops, mm-hmm. uh, mostly white cops. Um, and, and he also lowered the standard in terms of which these cops could get accepted into the force. How, let's, exactly. let's talk about that. Yeah. So he lowered the standards, especially like in the street, in that street crime citywide unit, you couldn't have any complaints. You couldn't have like, you couldn't have one complaint and you On had to name. get a as, five, as a police officer, right? As a police officer, uh-huh. you had to get an excellent recommendation from your commander. So he lowered the standards. And when you lower the standards, you get the Amadou Diallo. Situation. What did the standards become? The standards became like, yo, that's my boy. Just bring him in. I know he got a little, a couple of things on his record, but I'll take care of him. Basically, that was it. It was so bad that the commanding officer, Savage, of the unit, and it's all in once the cop, he quit because he said, I can't take all of these cops with these records. Right. I can't do it. Right. Like morally, that's not sitting well with me. Right. And he quit. And is this still going on right now? No, they disbanded. After Diallo, they had to disband the unit. But I'm saying in terms of, like, the standards, and, 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 and it, it seems like, you know, as much as going on, man, the, the policy is let's bring in more cops. We need more cops. Well, they bring in more cops. It, uh, the standards haven't been lowered as far as hiring. Right. The standards are still the same. But to the elite units, um, they don't have those citywide units like they had when I was a cop. So you're saying politics really 
is is what affected the integrity of good policing. Oh, definitely. Politics rule. You got to understand the mayor is the mayor. The mayor runs the police department. And it starts I mean, from he the has, top. It starts from the top. He has a police commissioner, but, you know, the mayor is, is still the boss. Right. Another thing, man, that, that you go in, man, you you talk about 9-11 mm-hmm. uh, when the towers came down, the World Trade Center. And you blame Giuliani, man, for being untruthful about the um, the quality of the air yeah. that was around the World Trade Center mm-hmm. and basically assured, you know, the firemen, mm-hmm. the fire department and the police department, like, listen, we need this covered. You're safe. Three hundred and forty-three firemen, twenty-three police officers. One I sat next to in a police academy, Pat Leahy, was a good friend of mine. He died in those towers. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, we're in the engine room. How many floors in here? Six, two, uh, seven, two and a uh, yeah, two. Well, you mean floors? It's like seven floors in this building. No, there's twenty-two oh, no, floors. Twenty-two. 22. Yeah. If it falls right now, we're dead. Right. So imagine 110 stories. Imagine 110 stories. So I knew. I knew if a building fell 110 you, stories. You, you had an idea that the building was going to fall or some shit. No, well, I just knew if a building is 100-something floors and it falls, everybody's dead. Everybody. I'm not digging down there. They <laughs> wanted me to go down there and dig. Would, would you there was say? A lot of, I was, no, well, see, you know, I remember I was a hustler, and I, I'm not stupid. Those buildings fell, and I saw that smog, and there's a picture of me in the book. With a mask on down at 9 right, 11. Right, right, right. But at that time, yeah. and I lost a lot, I have a lot of friends dying to this day. To this day, right. But Melanoma I was, all on, types of I was only down there like two or maybe three days because I volunteered every single day. Because some people got to stay at the precinct. Right. I volunteered every day. I'm going to stay at the precinct. They was like, oh, you don't want to go now? You want to stay back, Piggy? So I was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'm going <laughs> to stay here. I'm good. But I'm going to stay good. right you want, here. You want my, my mask? <laughs> right. Y'all can go down there. I'm not going down there. And I blame Giuliani and Christine Whitman and mm. George Bush. Mm. Who's Christine? St- Who's Christine? Christine Whitman? Whitman. She was the EPA director okay. who said that air quality was good. And I got all of these friends dying right now. I buried so many people as a commander. I had people dying that worked for me, dying. Cancer. It's not it's not over. We see the, what's going on. We seen we seen the back of the fallout. and then now the Gerard bill is not getting renewed by Congress because you gotta understand like New York is a blip on the radar. What scale. is the Gerard bill? What is that? The bill is basically to protect these nine one one victims, right. the first responders, give them complete medical clearance for the rest of their lives, and that's over. The money dried up. Hey, yo, Internet, this is Combat Jack. You're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, and this portion of the Combat Jack Show is sponsored by Bevel, the superior shaving system designed for people with coarse curly hair and sensitive skin. You know, you know, you know that I've been messing with Bevel. King, you fuck with Bevel? I fucks with Bevel. Really? You, you I'm looking I, for the trimmer. What's up, Tristan? Yo, Tristan, the, the trimmer's looking mean. Listen, mean. it's looking very, very mean. Um, you know, I don't got no theatrics to say today, man. I stand by this product. There's very few products that I really, really stand by, particularly any products that I use personally on my body, on my skin, especially shaving and grooming, man. Um, You know, Tristan is such a pioneer. Tristan Walker, shout out to him and Walking Associates, man. I always say this, man. Not only are they a, a, a is Tristan a pioneer in Silicon Valley, not only is he a pioneer in the men in the men's grooming space, but he's also a pioneer, man, in just terms of like how he revolutionized advertising on podcasts, man. Like he really understands. The power of the black voice on podcasts. So listen, support all of this, man. Go to getbevel.com. And what you get if you punch in the promo code FREEJACK, F-R-E-E-J-A-C-K, is a free bevel, a free one-month subscription to all your Bevel products, man. Listen, 
free jack go to getbevel.com punch in free jack man get get it for free man get it for free you it's a it's, it's summer summer's upon us you want to look clean i'm saying ladies i just sent one to a lady man and and, and you know she shaves her own self man mm. you know what i'm saying like privates on the mm-hmm. whole nine and she loves it it's the safest thing you could put on your body especially if you're going to bring it down by your privates or any place sensitive man i cannot i cannot i cannot campaign for this product enough go to getbevel.com punch in promo code free jack Free off your first month subscription. Tell them Jack sent you. It's the best shit out in the market. Congrats for 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 for, for Tristan and, and, and Bevel and Walking Associates for having the product in, in, in Targets. Any Targets near you? Listen, fuck with Bevel because they fuck with us. And now back to the show. After 9-11, Giuliani was celebrated for how he handled the whole situation. Not by me. I blame him. He killed my friends. Mm. He killed my friends. You need to send this interview to CNN, Fox 5, everybody. I'm saying it, and I'll challenge him any day of the week because I got numbers. I can show these are the people that's dead, and, and these are the videos where you said the air was safe. Well, why, why are all these people dead? So all his blood is on his hands? All that blood on his hands, him mm. and Bush, mm. him, Bush, and Whitman. Mm. That's what it is. That's like nobody. Like I'm always keeping it right now real. You know my hashtag. I keep it right now real. Facts. I'm giving it right out. That's what it is. The blood is on their hand. You know I'm still and, and, they're, stuck. and they're accountable and they have to be held accountable. Yeah, have to. I'm still stuck on killing. You know we killing. You know Saddam and and Osama bombed us. Right. I'm still stuck on that too. Right. But that's a whole nother conversation. Of course, of course. Yo, as a black police officer inside the force, man, how rampant is racism inside the police force? Well, listen, you know, I like to always say this. We came a long way. Right. We understand George Wallace and Connor Bull. They ain't sticking, sticking dogs and water holes on us. But they're serious. They're still serious racism. You know, like Bratton to go on TV right now tomorrow and says, the NYPD is um, diverse as it's ever been. The minorities are the majority. Yes, in terms of numbers, it's probably about 57% minorities. But I'll say, hey, Brian, if I'm the reporter, I say, Brian, what's the numbers? Who's running the department? Mm. Well, I say, let's just start with the top five positions. Police commissioner, you, white, chief of department, white. First deputy commissioner is black, but... It's a figurehead known mm. in policing. Right. He ain't have no power. Right. Then we chief of patrol. He's a Hispanic guy. Chief of IAB. He's white. Chief of counterterrorism. He's white. So like they can't play with me with the numbers. So they can of- tell. So when y'all see on TV, oh, it's so many minorities in NYPD, but that's not where the power is. Mm. The power is the commissioner. Chief of um, department, they got the black guy out of their field bank. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. He quit. They got, and now he's involved in this scandal in internal affairs. Like these three, these are the white, these are the ones that's in power. Those are the coveted positions. Those are the coveted positions. Chief of detectives, Bobby Boyce, right? I mean, I just call this spade a spade. Right. Don't tell me that it's so diverse, but you ain't making it diverse at the top because I needed to be diverse where the power is. You write about when you was on the force, man. Cats actually called you nigga. Like yeah. you heard, they, they called yeah. you nigga. Yeah, when in, I was in, a cop. inside 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 the, inside the department, right? Yeah, when I was a cop. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So a lot of brothers, man, they're miserable in this shit, huh? No, nah, or they take you, it. No, nah, they just take like a lot of the brothers. They just go along to get along. But right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not mad at them. To, listen, my I 
I fully understand that I'm here today. Combat A, we all here. What up, Ed Woods? The three M's, Malcolm Martin and Megan in no particular order. I understand that. I know that. If you don't understand and know that, then you just go along to get along. Of course, of course. Like, I never played the black joke. I don't want to play the white joke. I never played the Spanish joke. I don't want to play none of those jokes. I'm just here to do my job. Like, that's what it is. Right. And I always stood my ground. I was nice to everybody. As a person of color, the fastest way to climb the ladder... The NYPD is to go undercover and the narcotics. Why? Well, that's the farce. That's not the fastest way. The fastest way is to pass those exams like I did to be the boss. You can't have power unless you're in charge. You know, you could go buy drugs. You know, I write in a book and once a cop, well, I worked like three years in the 114 precinct in Queens and then they wanted me to go buy drugs in Queensbridge Project. Meanwhile, I'm working in Queensbridge all these years. Now y'all want me to, you think these people not going to know oh, when I put easy. on plain clothes? Like, it's not me. Just because you got a hoodie. I <laughs> see them in a the uniform yesterday. <laughs> exactly. So that's not what, the power lies in where you can make decisions. You know, right. I was blessed to be commander of the 6th, 7th Precinct, running all the projects in Northern Brooklyn as commander of PSA 2. Well, when I was a commander, I'm the one who made the policy. That's where you could be detective, but they ain't got no power. You got prestige because what we see on TV, Hill Street Blues and all of this, NCIS, they all detectives, <laughs> but detectives ain't got no juice. Mm. I needed some juice. Right. So I'm going to make power because now I'm like, detective, come over here. <laughs> I need you to stand over and watch that tree till I get tired of you looking at it. That's what the power is. You write about how the NYPD is the biggest gang in New York. We got, a lot, we got some gang issues in New York, but you say they're yeah. the biggest gang in New York. It's the biggest gang. And so let me just be clear, Internet. When I say the biggest gang, I'm not saying uh, like they're going out there selling drugs and doing crazy. I'm just saying in terms of numbers. So when I say the biggest gang, I challenge any Internet so y'all could call in Bloods, Crips, Nietas, MS-13s, Deuce Deuce, any gang right now, and I'm standing with a cop. Call for help. Let's see who get the team here hmm. quicker. <laughs> that's crazy. Nah, that's not crazy. That's real. That's real. Y'all, y'all gang, y'all out there banging. Let's go. I'm gonna call for help. You call for help. Let's see. I guarantee you, I get 200 people here in five minutes. <laughs> Damn. That's crazy. Quick. Quick. Biggest gang. Because we talking gangs. It's just numbers. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a team here quick. And is that also do do do, do the police officers really have that gang mentality also, man? Oh yeah, well a lot of cops were middle management geeks growing right. up, right? So now you know, like a lot of them was groomed, and they getting information from daddy, granddaddy, second, third generation cops. You know, this is what we used to do to them people in, in the eighties and the seventies. You, know, I was first generation. I had nobody telling me this would. So I became a cop. I'm like, yo, I know I'm supposed to do what's right. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But these guys getting second, third generation information, and none of them never got punched in. Did like you know? I write in the book about I got punched in my mind. I got yes. knocked out. Yes. It was real. Right. Like these cops, they they always going right to 100 grabbing that gun. But being a cop, sometimes you got to get spit on. Sometimes you might get punched in the face. You know, this dude, he knocked me out. I ain't going to lie. He punched me right in my face. Boom. And I, me and my partner. As a cop. As a cop. And I, I want to talk. Is, is, in is, is uniform. This, is this the domestic? And I was the domestic incident. And so, okay, so let's get to this. Right. You talk about the worst thing you ever did. Mm-hmm. Is that the grimiest you ever did. Yep. As a cop, is you went to break up a domestic dis- dispute. Mm-hmm. What happened? So we go, and it's close to the end of tour, and I'm going out on a, like a what do you hot mean, what, date. What do you mean 
end of tour. The end of our night. Right. So we get off at like 11.35. So you, y'all we really call this shit like a tour duty? Like like the fucking yeah. military? Okay. Yeah. So it's the tour. So it's the end of the tour. Maybe you got the job at 11.15. We get off at 11.35. I got a hot date. I'm like, yo, hot. I can't. Mm. I can't stay. So we just want to fix this. And I'm just standing against the wall. And the dude is just coming back and forth on me like you punk ass cop. Black da, dude? Da, da, da. Spanish, Spanish dude, dude, Spanish couple. It's like, you, you punk, whatever. My partner's talking to his wife, trying to calm. She called us, trying to calm her down. Right. And he's all up on me. Yo, you punk. Da, da, da. I'm like, if you see a punk slap a punch, this dude punched me right in my face. Boom. I go down like, oh, shit. Yo, he punched me right in my face. I'm not, it's, like, it's funny. Now, he punched me in my face. I fall to the ground. He dropped my you. Part, yeah, he drops me. He drops and me. And you automatically do not reach, reach for your weapon. No, but that's not what it was. It's right. like, yo, all right, now we got to knuckle up. We, we got to knuckle we up. <laughs> knuckle up. I can't shoot this dude. I'm going to justify this. That's the last thing on your mind is shooting that's this dude. What Old and he clocked you. He clocked me. Boom. Yo, I took an L on that. I ain't in the streets all the fights. I ain't never got punched like that. <laughs> this dude not. I'm telling you, boom, right to the face. I fall. Me and him tussled. My partner jumps in. The wife jumps on my partner back. Grandma got a pen. Hit my partner. Yeah. It's just a, a riot. We trying to reach for our radio. And you, like, it's like three minutes. Three minutes is Is he a going for your gun? Time. No, he not going for But we fighting. Right. He biting. We're like, we fighting. For like five minutes, it's a long fight until we got help. And the worst thing I ever did, and we talk about that in the book, I talk about that. I cuffed him, took him down the stairs. We were on the second or third floor. And like he fell down the stairs. Like he started falling. He started falling. I don't know if I helped him fall. You, right. <laughs> he, he, he fell like all three flights. He never, he never walked down the stairs. And I say it's the worst thing I ever did because. I could have killed that guy. Right, mm. right, right. I could have killed him. But it's understandable because at this point, it's beyond you. I mean, of course, you're a professional. You sign on for right. the job. You sign on for But I the, lost my mind. You lost your and mind because somebody, he Somebody should have checked me at that right. point and said, yo, I got this. Right. Back off. You're too hot. You're too personal right now. It's like the Louima incident. Right. They fought the guy, brought him to the precinct. Took him in the bathroom to strip search him and stuck the stick up inside of him. Yeah, yeah. Where somebody should have said, hey, he needs to be strip too searched. too hot, go, go sit Let, in the back. Right. right. Calm, I'll strip search. Right, right. Because when you're personally involved, it gets crazy. Now, what's crazy about this story is as you was fighting him, he started bleeding. He bled all over you. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, you want to go into that yeah, part, Yeah, talk too? about that. So you got blood on you. Yeah, we fight. We get to the precinct. Finally, we call an ambulance for him and me. You know, because when the team came. It was his know, blood. Got, it was your blood. It was everybody's everybody blood. Everybody's blood. Right. He had a lot more blood than me. Though, right. Okay. Because you know, we all called for help. So, you know, the team came. And then and then this motherfucker, he gets medical help. Yeah. And he tells the EMS, I'm HIV positive. Oh, shit. So, I'm so like, now you got to get a blood test. This is some bullshit. Now, <laughs> now I'm like, and this is, this is, yo, hey, this is Maggie Johnson AIDS. Oh, man. So this is now. This is Magic Johnson. Our age, financial so, age. We're like, oh my god! I think I'm dying tonight. <laughs> Nobody has a clue, you know. And everybody was. I remember crying with Magic Johnson. Yeah, we thought Magic was dying tomorrow. Right. You know. So then I get bit. This guy got blood on. He bit over. you. Yeah, he did everything. Yo, we fight. So I think I'm dying. I could remember calling my house like, <laughs> just a big one, baby. <laughs> you know, 
You're not gonna believe it. The police department sent me. We have medical division. Right. You know, we have like a medical doctors and stuff. They was like, you gotta come down here for a year and take shot. Yo, it was a bad. year. Yeah. For what? Like, yeah, like I had to take tetanus. Te- okay. Yeah, they had to give me tests and everything. So that year must have been the fucking longest. Oh, it was year. the longest. I thought I was gonna die. Every time you got that that call to, to come in for your and results, he doubled back and sued me for twenty two point. Really? Damn. Did he yeah. get anything? Yeah, they probably settled ooh, out with him. Ooh. He probably got a couple of thousand dollars. That's crazy, man. Let's let's change up gears, man. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I but I but I commend that. you on that, man, because according to today's standards, you had every right to reach for your gun. According to today's standards. Today's standards. Right. But it wasn't right. Right. Like, why would I put that? I don't understand when these people go right for their gun. Like, you can become a cop. Everybody not going to turn around. So either you're going to have to have some verbal judo skills. Like, look, I ain't going to tussle with you, man. Like, you need to come with me. We got to do this some kind of way. If you got to knuckle up, then you knuckle up. You right. just can't be keep shooting unarmed people. Right. I don't know how it got lost on the job where they just shooting people with no guns. It Crazy. don't work like that. Crazy. Let's, let's change up the gears, man. Like, um, you see uh, the 7-5, the documentary, hmm. the 7-5? Mike Dow. That's Mike my Dow. man. Mike Dow. What would you think of that, man? <laughs> It was real. Yeah, I think it solidified a lot of stuff that I said on combat. My first combat jack interview. Yo, you act. You guys actually met after he came on the combat jack, right? Before he came on combat okay. jack, we went out to lunch. What are your thoughts on Michael, man? I think Mike is a nut. Yeah, he's a fucking he's nut. He's a man. nut, but he's actually a nice guy. I listen. Things happen. You know what? Mike Dow came up in the era. You know, the, the bad thing is Mike Dow took the heat for everything. Mm. But everybody was doing Mike Dow. You know, I was in Queens. The same time Mike Dow was doing that, the 113 precinct in Queens, the Supreme team was giving up $1,000 mm. a week. Mm. So Mike Dow took the hit for everything, but it was part of the job. Right. Let me ask you this. If, if Mike Dow was black, do you think the results would be different? you think he'd still be under that jail? Oh, yeah, if he would have got caught doing all of that. Right, so, so, so he got he got off light, light basically. Yeah, he, As a white I man, he got what he was due, but if it was the other way around, it would have been different. Nah, because everybody was doing it, so I think they would have put in black, white, Chinese. Like, they didn't want it to get too crazy. Right. Because everybody was getting, I mean, so you can imagine, Mike Dow was a cop. Can you imagine the sergeants, the lieutenants, the captains, what the they chain, was getting? The chain of command. Because it always, like you getting? said the last time, it always goes on top. It always, it always goes, goes to on. the top, man. It's top down in policing. Yo, Mike Dow talks about he wanted to be a good cop. But the streets were so overwhelming that he gave into temptation. Mm-hmm. In your book, you write about wanting to be a good cop and actually pulling it off and being a good cop. Right. Is it that difficult, man, to be a good cop on the force? Nah, it's not difficult at all. So for me, the difference between, yo, me and Mike was talking about doing a podcast. No, yo, I got the name, uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop. Good Cop, Bad Cop. You're the good cop, he's the bad cop. Let's do it. Loud speakers. Loud speakers, right. Basically, Mike grew up Catholic and all this, good, and he became bad. I grew up Christian. I was bad. I became good. Right. So, like, that's, when that's I a, became a cop, right. all of that was out of my system. Because you wanted to be good. You wanted to get wanted, away from that right. shit. I just wanted to be good. My dad wasn't used to seeing no money and all of that. Right. You know, I did all of that, but all of that, it came, it, a lot came with all of that right, money. Right, right. And I didn't want that. Was there ever any point while you were on the force that you were tempted? Nah. To do some dumb shit. No, nah, I write in the book where, right. you know, we pull a dude over with bags of money. I write in the book. 
And my partner looked at me and was like, yo, let's get that. I was like, nah. I did the math quick. I was like, look, if I work 20 years, I'm going to make over a million, $1.23 million. It's $20,000. We're going to bust this down $10,000 a piece. But IEB might be following me. Right. Nah. Nope. The math don't work. It don't work, right? So I was, I just was good. But if you've never been exposed to that and somebody offer you ten, fifteen thousand, you might take that. They couldn't give me that. I always thought, yo, combat, I ain't gonna lie. Because of the way I was, you know, I grew up in hip hop. I'm coming to work with do rags on. What color? What color do rag? Don't tell hey, me. Red colors, ones. What, oh, green. Whatever, you ever had a whatever, green one? Whatever I wore. You ever you had a green do rag? Whatever we wore. You Just know, you had the multi-color one, I, black one, white. I had the camouflage joint. Oh, right. you came on. to the you came to the so to I the was, office with the camo. Yeah, do rag. So I thought automatically they was looking. He was at a me. target. So I wasn't taking anything. I wasn't taking, they wasn't going to get me to take any. I was scared to take a free meal. I talk about it in the book. Most cops, they, you know, the restaurants pay, they feed you for free. I was scared. I used to tell look, could you just take a dollar and give me four quarters so right. I could look like right. I did a money right. Right. exchange. Right. 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 You're smart, man. I, I, I was smart. so scared. Were they really watching you? Do you think they were watching you or you don't know? It don't even matter. Right. I, I act like they was watching me. Right. And I tell all y'all cops listening to combat because I know y'all listening. Act like they watching you. You're gonna be good. Yeah. Yo, what's worse, man? Uh, um, a bad cop or a lazy cop? Bad cop all day. Right. Lazy cop just don't want to do nothing. But right. a bad cop could hurt you. Yeah. You talk about seeing a lot of lazy cops. Yeah, they was lazy. They like, like, like how so? Like, like what would? Well, a la- you know, <clears throat> I I always look at. Remember, policing is a civil service job. Right. So you ever been in motor vehicles? Yes. You ever went to the welfare office? No. Yeah, I did. You know, I was on, grew up on welfare. Yeah, and, and, and I like the way you talk about yeah. that. How pain, like as a yeah. kid, it was real painful to play yeah. with those. I mean, now they got the cards. Yeah, man. they now got EBT. They, they fly yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they fly. Look like they pulling out a visa. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So nigga, we made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, Sean, do you hear this shit? <laughs> but nah, I mean, civil service work. It's so hard to find a civil service worker. You go to DMV, wherever you go, civil service, they just don't want to do anything. Right, right. It's just like they lazy cops. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Once they get the job, two years is probation. Once they get on probation, you catch them two years and one week. You catch them those first two years, they're going to do whatever you want. After two years and one week, Fuck this it's shit. over. I'm yeah. good. What I'm you want? good. Because yeah. you, you really got to do something to get fired. How many hours are you ready to wait for me to do my job? Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> so, Yo, that's crazy. But I was just like always humble and just happy to have a job and provide for my kids and my family. It was like... Yo, I'm just going to do what's right. Because for me, the easiest thing, if we got, I would tell people that work for me, if we got two hours to do our job, let's just do it. Now right. you got six hours to play. Right. But if you if it's taking us eight hours to do two hours worth of work, that would piss me off so freaking bad. Like, let's just do what we got to do. And then y'all can go forth. I don't care, but let's just get the job done. Did a lot of these offices resent you, man, because you were a good cop? Because you used to push cops to be their best, like because you didn't accept no, 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 you had a zero tolerance policy. Like, did a lot of these, like, who the fuck does this black dude think he is? Oh, yeah, but you know what? It's a paramilitary organization. So when you got rank, like, they got to defer to right, the rank. Right. So they can hate you. They can have, like, your Corey Piggy's pin cushion doll at home sticking me with needles, but they had to listen to what <laughs> yeah, I had to say. It must have burnt a lot of people. Oh, yeah, but they got over it. Yo, you also talk, you also make a reference to. Knowing that some the way some cops that were on your force the way they move that some of them had to be mentally ill, 
Of course. Well, you got to understand, like, I hustle my way on a job. You know, like, it's funny. You know, I read the New York Post and all. They want to take my pension. And Bratton goes on and said, we're going to look at his application, see if he lied. Nobody ever asked me if I sold crack cocaine. Right. So that wasn't, a, that was, you know, hey, it wasn't a question. Right. They, they never asked me, you carry pistols. They, you ever work for the Supreme? None of these was questions. So they said, I hustle my way. No, I ain't hustle my way. You filled out the application. I, fi- I answer every question you asked. You ever been arrested? Yes. I told you. But I ain't going to all this other detail, you know. But some people, you can hustle your way on the job. Even the mentally ill. Yeah, you can hustle your way. Because, but a lot so of we have some, mentally ill police officers of course, out here on the force right now. You got mentally ill podcast freaking hosts. Facts. You know, it is yeah, what it I'm is. I'm 730 right <laughs> now. Facts. It just, I mean, it's it's just part, you know, people put cops on such a high platform. Still, right. Like, these guys are human. Right. Like, I would have a fight with my wife. I'm at home having a fight, and I got to go to work. And I got to handle a family dispute over the same stuff that I was dealing with. Like, you got to check your feelings at the door. Right. It's like, if you can't. Then you, it's gonna drive you crazy. Like it's a hard job, man. I'm telling you, it's hard. And every day, like I was thinking today, you have to shoot. Just think about this: a cop got to shoot a hundred every day. Like you can't give ninety eight percent because ninety eight, that two percent, you might take somebody's life. Mm. Like a cop got to bat a hundred every single day. They got to be focused when they walk out that door every single day. You got to be on your game because if you're not. It could cost you your life. It could cost somebody else their life. When you were on the force, you you got the nickname Thug Life. No, nah, I ain't. They, somebody came up with that. Yeah, nonsense. you got you got the nickname. How did that happen, man? Somebody came up. Somebody just it just took a life. Then, of its was own. it wasn't about wasn't it about a tattoo? Right. Talk about that, man. Tattoo that's on my neck. Yo, how are you on the fucking police force getting a neck tattoo, man? Yeah. My nigga, what's up with that, well, man? Forget about the tattoo. I was wearing cornrows before it was set. I was running in the streets. I was a sergeant with cornrow Allen Iverson style. <laughs> yeah. Kept it fly every week. So, uh, so, 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 yeah. but what? But as, I was hip hop. I mean, that's just so. What so, it so, is. so when you saw AI with all them tattoos, like I'm gonna get me a neck tat. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and you got life on your neck. No, nah, I got my wife's name on my neck. Okay, but then yeah. why? And then they criticize you for the tattoo, though. Yeah, and they said it said thug life, and it would like it would bug me out, eh? Because I say like these people can't be that dumb, and I would tell people here, take a piece of paper and write cat, all right, <laughs> and that write dog on top of it, and tell me if it's legible. Like they was they were so crazy about my tattoo. They right. said he wrote on he wrote on top of his wife's name and said like you can't write on top of words. Right. It don't like the only way to cover this up, I gotta put a snake on it. Right. It can't be like you can't put words on top of words. But it just took a life of its own and in a big organization. Like I've had people tell me they seen it. Like they telling me, it's me. I've seen your thug life. I've seen it. You changed, and I would look at these people like, "Yeah, your fucking mind." But it took a life of its own. Right, that's crazy. And that's how the headline became thug cop. Thug cop. Mary J. Blige got you in trouble. <laughs> Mary J. Blige. What happened, man? Yo, it's funny, man. And we write about that in the book. I write about that. You know, I had I was a lieutenant in the two eight precinct. You know, the epicenter. You know, you had the human bookstore there. You had Mary J. Blige's um, Carol's Garden. Mm-hmm. They opened up the store. Mm-hmm. So she comes Carol's hosting daughter. it. Yeah. Carol's yeah. daughter, Beyonce, Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. All of them used mm-hmm. to come up there. It's Harlem. You know, the Mecca, Black Mecca. So I was in charge of, like, the detail to put the cops there. So Mary's there. So I go there. I go see her. Like, hey, what's going on, Mary? The funny thing, the funny story is 
she had this big diamond on, you know. And I, and I walked up to her. I was like, Mary, you know you bought that. I know that dude ain't buy that diamond. <laughs> and then so she was like, turn around, take a picture. And you could see the picture of me and her smiling. It's in the book. Right. Me and her smiling because of what I said. And I had the CD. She was giving out CDs. So I had the CD in my hand. And I had a cell phone. Cell phones just came out. I had a cell phone on my belt. No pictures at the time. No pictures. And yeah. then the chief, I came back, hit the newspaper the next day. Oh, so I didn't know. The paper with Mary. And the Daily News, Smiling. like page three or four. Right, right. Big picture, me and Mary. And the, this chief, this chief was like, wrote me up for, it's called a command discipline for showing my cell phone. You wasn't supposed to show the cell phone. Right. So I'm like, oh, all right, so this the rules. You're going to write me up? So I'm like, all right, it's him against me. I was a hustler, remember? I said, right, I'm a, I got him. So I had about 300 people working for me. Everybody walked through the door. I wrote them up. They was like, hey, Lieutenant, what's going on? I was like, hey, no, you got a cell phone. You got one. You got one. You got one. I wrote about 25, See, wait, 30. What happened? When you do something like that, What what's the dynamic? What's going on now, man? So listen, I was a gangster. I wrote about 30 people up. Right. The captain came running to my office. Corey, what are you doing? You writing? I said, listen, you think I'm going to let the chief write me up? You think I'm going to have all these people working for me? And I'm not going to, you know what the ratio was. I was tearing them up. I wrote everybody up. All, every single one of them walked in with a cell phone. I tore them up. That captain came running. He was like, yo. I said, yo, you get rid of mine. I get rid of this. I wasn't doing it to write them up. I wasn't being facetious. But I had to send a point, a message to the guy. You can't just, you can't gangster me. Right. And you, I got all these people work for me. You think I ain't going to gangster them? They about to get gangster. Right. Yeah. Until, until we cut the bullshit. He cut that quick. Did he, what, he, did he, how, what did he do afterwards to quit? Like, he, got, he got rid of it. Yeah. And he didn't write me. He didn't write me up after that. Okay. He excellent. got rid of that write-up that he wrote me. Right. He threw it away. We stood there. I took my 25, ripped them up. He took his one, ripped them yeah. up. That's a movie right there, man. Yeah. That's a scene in a yeah. movie right there. And I, so I, I had to, like, sometimes you got to take a stand. Right. Even though he was higher ranking than me, I wasn't being disrespectful to him, but I just let him know, just the game, we're going to play the if game. If you're going to implement the rule, I'm going to implement, implement the rule. Everybody got to follow it. Yo, um, let's talk about the hip-hop police, man. Like the hip hop cops, man. Yeah. Like, what is that, man? Like, 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 yeah. like let's talk about that. Yeah, man. yeah. But did, you, did you see that form? During, of course. During, okay. Yeah. Specifically you know, to police yeah. the hip hop community. Yeah, I mean, and rightfully so. You know, what was going in the hip hop? You know, they got the, the carrying, they smoking the weed. You know, the entourage is carrying the pistols. They created a hip hop squad. My man Derek Parter, shout, shout out to Derek. You know, he's known as the hip hop yes, cop. Yes. He wrote the book and everything. So they have a hip hop unit. That you know infiltrate actual hip hop unit. Yeah, it's in. A, they infiltrate. Hip-hop. How does that work? Like if you're, well, any- you know what? Like right now, like all the rappers in them, they already they all know the hip hop right, cops. Right. It ain't like no secret. Right. Like when it first started. Right. Like they all know. Rick Ross is coming in town. They calling the hip hop cops to trail him. We coming to trail Next, to make sure the rappers are calling now. Like we're coming to New York. Trust me, they oh, they, the, they call the police department. Of course, they want the hip hop cops in there, man. Why? They, they want because they they want the cops there. Right. They gangsters. They ain't that gangster because they know they know people could come at them and get them. Free protection. Ah, yeah, come it. on, I man. See it, I see it. I see it. All these gangsters. But but before before it really before, got before yeah they was like I would be working and I would see some of my mans like they was cops. 
undercover. You know, they give the cops money to drink, smoke weed. They do everything. Uh, wait, wait. They give the cops money to smoke weed? They drink. They do everything. Right. Like, they got a blend. You can't. They like, got, they, they, they wearing a Jesus piece in the home. Oh, up? yeah. They do everything. Club lust. Oh, you wouldn't know. And then eventually they become part of the entourage. Right. You don't even know. Wow. So yeah. so they had a lot of cops and part of entourages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who, who was who was the Uh-oh. most heavily surveilled? Uh, you, you, was it Puff? It was motherfuckers heavy on Puff? Yeah, it was heavy on everybody, right. man. Man. It was heavy on everybody, but it was it's all about gathering intelligence, yeah, right. man. It's a lot of it didn't pan out. It's like, oh Puff, yeah, ain't nothing going on over here with Puff, ain't nothing going on over here with whatever, you know. But they had to gather it's all intelligence information. Yeah. You make a valid point, man, and you say how difficult the job is being on the force and how, you know, definitely you gotta go up to the top of the chain with regard to um all the dysfunction that's going in the police department, but you also say that society demands so much or expects so much from the police force. Can you get into that? Yeah, they expect they expect for the police. Like, you know, it's funny, man, because I see all these little gangsters and I hear them. They like, F the police, F this, that, and the other. But as soon as they get shot or robbed, what's the first thing they do? They call the police. <laughs> it's, it's just like, they have, like when I was coming up, we ain't messing with no police. Right. Like, we ain't, we ain't talking but, but, but But you're saying like 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 domestic disputes, like like, Everything. Just child child welfare. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of these things that other departments, other systems should be handling. It comes... all goes to the police. Right. They expect, listen, they, just think about it. Cat in a tree. They call them the police. Right. Emotionally disturbed person. They call them the police. Who should they call I... if an emotionally disturbed person is going off on the sidewalk? Well, you could call the police because sometimes the police, I mean, the police get a little bit of training in right. that. Right, right. But what you should really be calling is probably somebody that's trained to do really trained like the cops don't get a whole they get a little few hour block in right. training dealing with emotionally disturbed person you need like a hospital person or a psychiatrist somebody on the set mm-hmm. but you can't because there's so many you ever been on 42nd street or penn station is emotionally disturbed people everywhere right. like so like, everything get dumped on the police they gotta be doctors lawyers psychiatrists family you know Domestic violence intervention, they got to do everything. So it's a hard job. So the cops, like, if you're not really ready to deal with it, like, you can't do it. It's, it's, it could be overwhelming. Right, 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 right. You got to be able to navigate. I'm telling you, six months to nine months training, that's nothing. That's nothing. And the, but they tell you to go conquer the world. And you use deadly physical force if it's being used imminently against you or somebody else. Yo, Corey, man, I, you know, I, I go to L.A., I'm so relaxed. Everybody's smoking weed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I go to Miami. You know, shit is relaxed. You know, go to fucking Chicago. I mean, Chicago got their issues, but mm-hmm. I'm relaxed. I don't feel relaxed in New York, man. Is New York City an official police state, man? Yo, they changed the laws with the weed, man. They, I mean, if it's burning in public. Now, I'm not talking about burning in public. I'm just saying. So, for example, the park that I grew up in, mm-hmm. Broward Park in Crown Heights. Right. I used to sit there. Mm-hmm. For hours when I was in high school, visualizing and dreaming, mm-hmm. being in the music industry, right? right. So I live back in the neighborhood, border building in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Last week, man, I'm, I'm I'm walking through the park. It's like ten o'clock. Cops pull up. You can't be in the park anymore because now the official laws are you can't be in the park after nine. After dusk. And after I was dusk. like, yo, I don't even feel safe, man. Like, what kind of police shit is that, man? It's like, so I'm asking you, is New right. York City a police state because it feels like that? Yeah, so listen, I'm glad you brought that point up because I'm, I'm always advocating, like, at what point 
do we try to bridge the gap between community police by like getting back to community policing? Because we just can't keep focused. Like last year, less than 400 people was murdered. When I was a cop, it was 2,500 homicides. It's not going to be zero. Like you can't keep going on TV and saying crime is down, crime is down, but you keep putting your foot on the neck. You got to get out of the park. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like if you keep doing that, you get to Eric Garner. You get to Freddie Gray. You know, you if you just keep putting your foot on people, and I'm just waiting for somebody in policing or the mayor to wake up and say, hey, let's leave the people alone and let's see what happens. Because I'm a firm believer that the cops help with bringing crime down, but I'm also a firm believer that people want better for themselves. Right, of course. Like when I was younger, it was get a high school diploma, get a city job. Now we're telling our, I'm telling my kids, like, like your kid is going to Ivy League school. Like yes, We're sir. like, look, you got to get two degrees. Yeah. So times have changed, but police it hasn't changed with the times. They're still stuck in the 90s. You're still stuck in the 90s. Bring crime down, bring crime down. But crime is down. Nobody, it's down. We're not saying it. They're saying it. Right. They're constantly saying it's down. So why do you keep messing with the people? Something's going to break, man. Yeah. Something's going to break, man. Yo, um, let's wrap this up, man. Great interview. Um. What happened with this Akai Gurley situation, man? And the Asian police officer, East New York, East New York. You know, one of the you know, Ed Woods don't want you to ask me that question. No, I want to ask you that question because it's 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 one of those rare instances in New York City where, you know, the new uh, Brooklyn DA Ken Thompson. He's been on the show. You know, Mm -hmm. personal friend used to be my attorney. Mm -hmm. You know, and he said he's going to change things, and he indicted Mm -hmm. um, the police officer. Right, police police officer was found guilty of negligence and manslaughter. Mm Killed the man in cold mm-hmm. blood, and then they decided no charge. Like they weren't going to put him in like no jail time. Like, like like what what happened, man? What do you yeah, think happened? Well, man? Listen, Ken Thompson is a personal friend of mine. I actually like Ken. I campaigned for him. I thought he would be a good DA, but I think he dropped the ball on this. Mm. And Ed Woods don't want me. He's like, yo, stop talking about Ken. But it is what it is. Like you can't go hard. Why would you go for the conviction if you're going to recommend don't go to jail? Because for me now, the test case in Brooklyn. Kings County, every kid that commit a manslaughter, accidental homicide, and they don't have a record, are you going to recommend house arrest? Mm-hmm. That's the test case now. Don't You can't give this cop all this preferential treatment because he's a cop, and you got all these young black boys or white boys, whatever the ethnicity is, committing a manslaughter. Because like me and you playing with a gun, I end up killing you by accident. <laughs> it's, a, it's a manslaughter. It's a manslaughter. It's, I, now I never, I've never been convicted of a crime. Trust me, Ken Thompson can put me in jail. We, he ain't recommending house arrest. So why would you do that? Because it's almost like like the black community is is crying. Like they feel like these cops are getting away with murder. And they you are getting. It, they you are finally, get, but you finally get. A you manned up. You stepped up. You got a conviction. And then you go and deflate the entire community mm. by. I'm just saying. I, and I'm going on record on a Combat Jack show saying, I don't think the kid should have went to jail. Right. But let the judge decide that. Right. That you shouldn't know, come from the... From the right. And we know that DAs make recommendations, but you went hard for this conviction. It was only two convictions of cops in America last year. Right. It was Maybe Baltimore. It, it was Baltimore, the female with the six cops, yes, the Freddie yeah. Gray, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was Ken Thompson. These two was lauded all over the law enforcement community. They got convictions. She blew the first trial. He recommends house arrest. Mm. I mean, I just think that it was bad. You shouldn't have ever brought the case. Like, don't bring it 
don't bring it for a conviction if you don't want them to go to jail. Like, this ain't play play. We in the business to put people in jail. Do you think the pressure against him from, like, the Asian community, from the police community was just too hectic? Like, they like, no, nah, we, we can't do this? Yeah, I think he crumbled. Right. Remember, he got to go re-election every two or three yes, years. Yes, Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think he crumbled. Yeah. So if it's too hot. Like, don't be in his seat if you can't handle it. Yeah. I still like him. He's still my man. Yeah. But I just, like, we have to be grown enough to, you know, disagree. I disagree with him on right. this one. I mean, I do too, man. And and, 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 and I, he's always welcome to come on the Combat Jack show yeah. and discuss this, man. Because right. I got questions. Yeah. How, how, Sway? Like, how? Yeah, that. that <laughs> like, how? That was a bad one. Yeah. yeah. Last question, man. So, I got a cop friend. Cool guy. You know, rational guy. This past summer, we're sitting down, we're talking, and he talks about, you know, not talking politics. I'm not asking him about anything. But then he starts talking about how in the Eric Garner situation, the police were right because Eric Garner was obviously resisting arrest. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at him like, and he's a friend of mine. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking at him like, what lenses are you looking through? Okay, so you, we already know that the, the choke, like, you've already spoken about right. that case and the whole nine. But looking at that tape, was he resisting arrest? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. So if you call resisting arrest him saying, not today, right. and moving his hand, when they grabbed for his hand, right. he went like this. If right. that's what Backed you up. classify as resisting arrest, then he resisted arrest. But for me, I don't even think that it should have even rose to the level of them even trying to like, put him in jail. I mean, it was for cigarettes, one. That's Allegedly, because they still didn't prove that well, he was selling. But I'm going to give them that. Let's right. give them that, that they said he was. a. But the situation could have went a lot different. Like, listen, Eric, you got to come with us. Right. You can't embarrass us. We're the police. Right. You're going with us. Right. Now, there's two ways we can handle this. Either you can come with me or we can call them boys. Right. And you know when the boys come, how it goes now. But you can come with me. I don't even have to put the cuffs on you. I got a cage in the back of the car. But you want a sandwich get, or something? Before man, we was, get to the prison, right. I got to put the cuffs on. Right, right. Because the sergeant can't see you come in. Right. And like you said, we stop at McDonald's. And you could use the phone. If you ain't got no warrants, you're out in four hours. That's, this is simple stuff. This ain't rocket science. But cops wear their feelings on their sleeves. The, if you look at that video, I watched that video 10 times because I did an interview with PIX. So I was in the back looking at it, looking at it. Not at one point did they try to verbally engage him. It was just like, oh, you're going with us. You're going, you're going. Nobody even had a conversation with him. Like, yo, come on. You having a bad day, Eric? We know you. Because he said, y'all locked me up last week. Like, so you know what it is, Eric. Right. Like, you got to go with us. Right. You know the routine. You know the routine. There's yeah. no So let's de-escalate. Let's all take a deep breath. No, all and these cops, all these cops got the chip on their shirt. I'm the police. I got to win. I got to win. I got to win. It's a us versus them mentality. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's never, for me, it never was us against them. It's so we're, like, we're really at war right now, man. I don't know if we're at war. That's a little, you know. I mean, I, if it's a us versus them mentality. Well, I'm, well that's the, I'm telling you right. that most of the police, I can speak on the police and the NYPD. It's, I see, like, these guys, it will, it will baffle you when you see how these guys drink the juice. It's like, it's not us against them. Right. Like, there's criminals. We know who it's a small percentage of the community. That's the us against them. Let's get them. Let's get them. It's not rocket science to be a cop no more. We know who the criminals are. Like, I, it would baffle me. My, I have cops in the 6-7 precinct. They want to bar with I said, you want to bar with some gangsters? Go to the 40s. Mm. Go to the 90s where the BMWs, most Brooklyn most wanted crew is. Go down there 
Go over there where the outlaws are. Y'all want to bother some people? Y'all gangsters? Cop? Let's go. To be gangsters. Let's go. Right. Go to the 40s. So they know the where to 50s. go. They know where right. to go. But they don't go there. Right. They don't go Why there. Why not? Because they definitely afraid. <laughs> They're going to go mess with little Joey little down in, the block. Innocent, ain't doing innocent nothing. black kids. Exactly. Right. They're not going where the gangsters are. And if that's, they that's go, deep, man. I'm, that's just real. And if they go, they paramilitary up, huh? <laughs> they going. They going heavy. Parachutes and batteries yeah. and all rocket launches and all that These crazy cops shit. Ain't going, they ain't going with a crime. That's is. crazy, man. Listen, Corey, man, thanks again for coming on the Combat Jack Show. Congratulations on the book, Once a Cop. Internets. Yes. Thanks. Once a Cop. Yo, we got shout Now out. in the stores. Listen, yes. go to, go to, go to, the, you know what I'm saying? Amazon. Da- Amazon. Amazon. Go to got iTunes. Get your books, man. May 25th. Facts. May 25th, 7 o'clock. I'm going to be at Barnes and Nobles, 106 Court Street, downtown Brooklyn, doing the uh, sign at May yeah. 25th. Please come out. I need the internets to come out. Buy this book. Let's show them that. Listen, we read books too. We yes. read. It's an easy read too. Let's go. What's the probability of you going on that New York Times bestseller list, man? Do they do they yeah, predict gonna, that shit? No, nah, you know. Listen, the good thing is we coming out in a slow week. It's Memorial Day week, so right. we push these books out. Internets help us get these books out. Pre-orders. Thank you for all the pre-orders that people been buying, and we got to sell these books. We going. Listen, the themes of the book is transformation, self-actualization, self-awareness, and police policies and practice. And what I want people to get out of the book is don't let your past define your future. Man, what I what I I guess the reason why I was depressed, man, like when 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 the motherfuckers came after you, was because your story was really a true story about mm-hmm. victory right. and success, like mm-hmm. the classic American success story: overcoming adversity, overcoming your past, like you just said. Right. And these motherfuckers tried to squash that shit, man. So I'm yeah. glad you're on top, man. Good luck yeah. with that lawsuit. Yeah. I'm saying, and, and, and selling books, man. Appreciate you bringing us on, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. Let's, let's do it, King. Yo, hold on. I got to shout out. I got to shout, shout out my publicist. Your... I got to shout out my publicist, Lizzie Grubman. Lizzie Grubman. Lizzie Grubman. You know Lizzie Oh, for so a long you came time. up. You up with Lizzie right yeah, now? Yeah, with Lizzie. I got to shout out Ed Woods, Esquire. Ed Woods, Ed Woods, Ed Woods, Ed Woods. I you got to keep Ed Woods. I got Sean Dew. <laughs> I got to shout out Supreme and Prince. You know they in jail. But listen, it was part of my life. They in the book. We talk about it. And um, that's what it is, man. We here. Have you Shout spoken to them? Fan. Have you heard from them, man? Nah, I haven't heard from them. You right. know, when I left the streets, I left the streets. Left, right. But, you know, love is love. You just did some risky shit right here, man. I hope you don't love make is... it hot right now. We hope you don't make it hot right again, now. man. We on fire right now. I hope you don't make it hot again. Yo, Pat Lynch, man, do not listen to this episode. Yeah, man. Pat Lynch, listen, it is what it is, yeah. man. And. You shout out to the NYPD and all the good cops that's doing what's mm. good, man. It is what it is. Pat Lynch is who what he is, and that's okay. what it is, man. Look, I love cops. I love good cops. I hate bad cops. Mm. So, you know, the bad cops, I'm going to keep talking about you to the end of the time until you stop making these good cops look bad. And that's mm. just what it is, man. Yes, sir. You're going to be out there protecting the serve. Do that. Like, don't, I mean, if, if you want to be on the other side, go on the other side. Right. But I need you to treat people with respect. Very well, sir. Thank you. Thank you, King. Yo, don't don't cop him a Rolex though. Just get him a Tesla. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll take the Tesla. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll take him a Tesla. I'll take a Tesla. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> King, my nigga. <laughs> Yo, internets, man. You know what it is, man. Dream Top those three dreams. episode, baby. Huh? Top three. You think so? Top three. Twenty. This, this top the malice interview. Once I'm a saying cop. it. Once a cop. This top the malice yes. interview. That's kind of big right it's there. It's got a lot of jewels, man. That's kind of big right it's there, It's jewels. All right, let's see. Let's see. Internet, what you think? Hit us up. Yeah, hit us up on that. Tell them the hotline. Uh, 
2080. Sorry about that. 347-746-2080. Internets, call us on that number. Tell us what you think about this episode, man. Yo, Internets. Yep. <sighs> dream those dreams and then man up, woman up, and dream and live those dreams because life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Networks production. Yo, what's going on? This your boy, MD3, the sniper, man. Calling all the way from Houston, Texas. You heard the H-Town, Dirty South. By way of South Louisiana, bro. Say, man, I'm just calling. Don't let y'all boys know, man. Y'all keep coming with it, man. Hey, man, y'all keep the nigga lit, man. Every day, every time I turn it on, whether I'm at work, in the gym, or just running the streets, you heard me. Y'all keep the nigga lit, man. Keep it coming, man. I fuck with y'all boys, bro. Been fucking with y'all boys for about three, four years now, you heard me. Y'all keep it coming, man. Much love to y'all, bro. 100. Peace.